Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Most stocks are lower. The S&P 500 index is heading for its first weekly drop in four as April consumer prices and retail sales reports reinforce expectations for tech ed, uh, tepid economic growth. Nordstrom becoming the latest retailer to miss estimates. Nordstrom down today by 9.7%. This morning we also heard from J.C. Penney down 13.3%. Gold up 360 the ounce to 12.27, up three tenths of one percent. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil down 12 cents a barrel to 47.72, down two tenths of one percent. Nasdaq up five, up one tenth of one percent. S&P down four, down two tenths of one percent. The Dow down 37, also down two tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pelleton. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie, thank you so much. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets. We're live on Astrobotics in Boston. I'm Carol Masser, and this is Bloomberg. We want to find out what our next guest sees when she looks at the financial markets. Uh, I want to ask her, too, about Europe because we've seen investors pouring tons of money, in fact, $6.1 billion into European equity funds in the week to May 10th. Marina Gross is with us. She's Senior Vice President, Portfolio Research Consultant at a Texas Global Asset Management based in Boston, luckily, luckily, la, 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 <laughs> for us on site at Mass Robotics. It's Friday. How are you? It's great to be here. I'm, I'm well. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well and great to have you here, too. Let me ask you about Europe. Let's start there because we have seen a lot of money flowing into European assets. And I feel like I've had a lot of guests talking on investment managers saying that's what they're looking for because it just on a value basis, it just makes sense. How do you see it? Well, what's interesting is in our view, it's about time because what we've seen is investors patently kind of home country biased. Um, when we look at the portfolios that uh, my team analyzes, it's about a 75-25% split U.S. equities versus international equities within the sort of average moderate portfolio. So, Is that and, pretty typical that people just have that home bias? It is. It is, no matter what country they're in. But I would say U.S. investors are more biased than non-U.S. investors. So we think it's about time. And there, there are a lot of factors pointing to it. So the economies are improving. Fundamentals that are, that are um, supporting uh, those economies are improving. Political risk seems to be receding in, in in a lot of countries across the globe. And importantly, in places like Europe, you mentioned mm-hmm. monetary policy still remains quite accommodative. So all those factors together make it attractive. Marina, when you look at Europe specifically, though, where do you find the opportunities? Is it developed? Is it emerging? Well, yeah, it's interesting. I think it still it remains developed because in the developed markets, they've been overlooked, I think, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been, you know, there, there have been economic risks, like I said, and political risks um, building underneath the surfaces. So I think it's time to look at the developed markets, not to mention that um, year-to-date emerging markets are up. 16% already. They've had quite a run. So a lot of it priced in. So I think uh, uh, developed markets are the place to look. Did you breathe a sigh of relief after the French election? I think we all did. I think we all did, yeah. It did set the tone for maybe what's to come. Yes, yes, um, which is more pragmatism, I think. I think. When you look at the global um, universe, where do you, beyond Europe, find other opportunities? And find interesting kind of investment plays. Well, you know, it's, it's a kind of a tale of two factors. It's opportunities, but you know, the thing I wanted to emphasize today with you as well is, 
it's the risk factors. So it seems like investors are becoming really desensitized to risk, both in the markets and in their portfolios. And one interesting anecdote is that um, in in the last you know, 40 or so, 35 or so years since 1990, um, there have been 11 days where the VIX has closed um, below 10. Two of those 11 have happened in May. What does that tell you? It tells us complacency. But is it, yeah, you buy it. I buy it. It's there. So so what, what we would say is, look, there's still plenty of opportunity, but investors really need to go in, look at their portfolios, make sure that they're properly diversified, and make sure that there's true risk-mitigating um, exposure in those portfolios such that it's there to, def- you know, to defend them when, when the, the, the environment gets more difficult. Do you feel like the financial crisis, the global financial crisis, you know, kind of taught us as investors that, yep, stuff's going to happen, some serious stuff's going to happen, but there's always going to, to some extent, be some kind of safety net out there? Yeah, well, there, yeah, and there has to be. And I think the global financial crisis taught us that what we thought was safety wasn't safety when we needed it. So this idea of correlations, we talked about a lot of correlations went to one during during the crisis. So when investors are looking for diversification in their portfolios, they have to look sort of two or three levels deeper mm-hmm. than they looked, you know, prior to the crisis because uh, correlations or diversification tends to be fleeting when we need it most. So we really need to look under the surface. I want to talk to you about, here we are at Mass Robotics, and we've been spending the week in Boston and talking to venture capitalists and various folks in technology. Um, here we're looking at robotics and the impact that it's having on our society increasingly. Uh, you know, I was doing some research, and there's tons of articles. You know, are robots going to replace humans uh, in terms of jobs? There are folks out there that say it'll be robots and humans working together. How does technology kind of play into your investment decision-making? Yeah, I mean, I think technology is powering all fields, including financial services. So it, in, in, in my um, in my view, or from my perspective, technology is helping us um, on the financial side really understand portfolios, understand scenarios in uh, where portfolios will perform strongly, scenarios where they perform weekly uh, in in a, in a more weak sense. So, what technology is doing for us is it's really helping us get underneath portfolios, help us position portfolios um, to really weather. A variety of different storms. So technology is powering, you know, not only consumer industries, not only medical industries, but it's powering financial services industries just as well. Yeah, you guys are seeing the impact. Yeah. How does it, though, in terms of looking for companies or sectors, you know, whether it's autonomous vehicles, whether it's manufacturing, whether it's healthcare, um, what do you look for in terms of companies to invest in that have kind of a technology play? Or yeah. do you like the traditional big guys, whether it's a Facebook, Google, that have been really powering the market? We've got about 40 seconds. Yeah. You know what? For me, you know, Facebook, Google, Apple, I was just looking at Apple and its $800 billion market cap, and it's Crazy, you know, right? bigger than 90, 90% of comp- uh, countries out there in terms of GDP. So, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be Facebook and Apple and Google the next five years. I, I think, you know, this whole passive investing and market cap weighted emphasis and the largest companies getting larger, I think we're going to see an inflection in that. You'll see a switch yeah. from what it's been for the last yeah, couple of yes. years. Um, just quickly, eh, I was going to ask you about the Fed, but we got time for that. I mean, what do you think the Fed does next? 
I think the Fed has been telling us what they're going to do. I think they're going to raise in, in, in June, and I think they'll can't stay on the steady, the steady path. Lots of transparency there. Yeah. Almost too much sometimes. <laughs> Marina, thank you so much. Thank you. Nice to see you. Marina pleasure. Gross, Senior Vice President, Portfolio Research and Consultant at the Texas Global Asset Management, on site with us at Mass Robotics on this Friday. This is Bloomberg.